Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and this is Ascension Presents. I get asked a lot of times, um, Father, so you're Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yep, yeah, I am. They say, so what's the difference? What's the main difference between like the Catholic Church and any of the other like Protestant denominations or non-Catholic churches? Maybe it would be this. Maybe it would be authority. Um, and I know that's a bad word. Uh, that's in some many of us we don't like it. We're like, Ugh, authority. I don't. That doesn't. That doesn't sit right with me. What do you mean authority? I would say this. Um, that the church has the ability to teach us. They teach authoritatively. The church has the ability to teach us in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, to the glory of God the Father. That the church has the ability to tell us this is true, that's not true. That the church has the ability to um, establish doctrine. And I'm not talking about some invisible kind of like universal body of believers. I'm talking about the church that Jesus himself founded back in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus looks at Simon and says, Simon, your name is now Peter, rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He goes on to say, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, here's the interesting thing that you may or may not know. Jesus came to establish the kingdom, right? But it's not an invisible kingdom. Why? Because we can look that Jesus as the king establishes the kingdom. But when he says to Peter, no, you know, Simon, now Peter, he says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom, etc., etc. He's referencing Isaiah, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And in Isaiah, there is this role in the kingdom. There's a role. There's the king, obviously. But there's also the prime minister, the al-Khaba'it, the one who's the overseer. That when the king is gone, this person is in charge. This person has the authority of the king. It says that in Isaiah chapter 22. And it's almost word for word what Jesus gives to Peter. The keys to the kingdom of heaven. He gives the church a visible structure and an actual hierarchy. And he says, you can actually teach now. Teach in my name. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth to be able to teach in my name. And this is exactly what happens. In the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 15, there's this big crisis. And the crisis is um, the apostles have been evangelizing the Jews. So basically, they were all Jews. And uh, they realized Jesus is the fulfillment of Judaism. Jesus is the Messiah we've been waiting for. They've been so they're sharing the good news with Jewish people. It was awesome. But then they realized, because Peter had a vision, and Paul was called to do this too, that they were called to bring the gospel to non-Jews, which is amazing and good because I'm, I'm a non-Jew and I get, I get to be brought in, right, to, the, to the, the people of God. The question came up, okay, so when you evangelize Jews, all they need to get is baptized because they're already circumcised. They're already in the old covenant. So in order to be brought into the fulfillment of the covenant, the new covenant, they just have to be baptized. But if you're evangelizing Gentiles, question, do they first have to be circumcised and then be baptized? Or can they just be baptized? Now you can see at least two ways why this would be a very important question. One is if you were an adult Gentile man, this would kind of be a big question. You would want answered before you, do I have to do this or do I, is this kind of optional? Um, you want that resolved ahead of time. But secondly, and even more importantly, if I need to get circumcised, in order to get baptized, and I'm not, that means I'm not saved. Like, do we have to do this in order to be saved? This is the big question. The problem is, Jesus never taught about that. The Bible never teaches about this. And this is the problem, the problem with a thing called sola scriptura, or, or Bible alone. You know, one of the, one of the pillars of the Reformation um, was this idea that Bible alone, scriptural, you don't need the church, you only need Bible alone. What about when the Bible doesn't teach something, what do we do? 
Well, what happened was in Acts chapter 15, the apostles came together. And again, I'm not saying some loose kind of invisible church, but the actual structure of the church. Those apostles, the people that um, Jesus himself called, Peter as the Pope, Paul and Barnabas, you have this body of the church. And the church gets together and they discuss and they debate and they pray and then they decided. They said, it seems to the Holy Spirit and to us that we should not impose this on Gentiles. They should not, they don't not, they do not have to be circumcised in order to be baptized. And in that moment, we can see in the Bible that the church, again, the visible church, the structure of the church, the governance, <laughs> governance of the church has the ability to teach. And not just to teach, but to teach definitively, not merely optionally. And if you're a student of history, you see that this is not the only time. In fact, the church has to do this again and again and again, because people pick up the Old Testament and pick up the New Testament scriptures, which also the church gave us, another video by the way, and, and they say, well, I come to the conclusion that Jesus isn't really God. I mean, he's clearly God. I mean, he, 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 he came to earth, he rose from the dead, he's clearly God. I think he only looked like human. That was a heresy called docetism. In fact, it was one of the earliest heresies was that Jesus was fully God, but he wasn't fully man. In the church, again, not this generic, invisible church, but the actual physical structure, hierarchy of the church said, that's incorrect. Um, other people came along and said, well, he's, he's fully human, but maybe he's only like partly God, like quasi, quasi God, um, like the Arians. And the church came together in Council of Nicaea 325, and they said, no, Jesus is fully God and fully man. Two natures, human and divine, in one divine person. Now, every Christian in the world believes that. Why? Because in some way, whether they admit it or not, every single Christian in the world believes that the Catholic Church has the authority to teach. Every Christian who believes in the Trinity, that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal, that no, no one's greater than the other, believes that because of the authority of the Catholic Church. Because they, the Church came together in the Council of Nicaea, the Council of Constantinople, and all the other Church councils, and declared this that this is the interpretation of the text. And we need that, here's the crazy thing, we need that so badly. Okay, here's a little mental exercise. Imagine that you're a God. For some of you, this will not be the first time today that you did this. And it's so important to you that the people you created know who you truly are, that they don't get you wrong. And so what do you do? Well, you don't wanna overwhelm them with your beauty and your power and glory and, and truth because that they would have to serve you out of fear. You want them to fall in love with you and you want them to know who you truly are. And so you start small. You start with this guy named Abraham, or Abram, you know, turn his name to Abraham. And you bring him slowly and slowly. And then his family, you reveal yourself slowly to his family and to this tribe and then to this people. You call the Jewish people, the chosen people of God. And you slowly reveal yourself to them and very carefully because you don't want them to get any part of you wrong. And then in the fullness of time, 2,000 years ago, you yourself actually become one of them. You become a human being. And in that, you reveal who you truly are, and you don't do it as the most powerful one, or as the greatest one, or as the richest one. You take the lowest place as a humble, poor person, and you die as a criminal. You let yourself be overwhelmed by suffering and death. Why? Because it's so important to you as God that people know your, the truth and depth of your heart. And you rise from the dead and you send your Holy Spirit to the apostles, and then they write down all these things. And while they're writing these things down, you preserve it. Why? Because it's very important to you as God that they write down exactly what you want them to write down and no more, no less. 
And then over the course of years, as they're translating it, as they're copying it, you, with your Holy Spirit, you guide that copying, you guide that translating so that they don't get you wrong. Why? Because it's very important to you as God that no one gets you wrong. Here's this infallible book, right? It's a book that has, it's, it's without error. Now, it's not without scientific error because it's not a scientific book. It's a book of poetry, it's a book of truth, it's a book of goodness. There's a whole other video about that. The point is, you compile this infallible book through fallible people, but you compile this infallible book. Now, if you were God, would it make any sense for you to then say, okay, to anyone, okay, here's this infallible book, boom, uh, take it, read it, tell me what you think. No, you wouldn't. Why? Because an infallible book without an infallible interpreter is a worthless book, right? The Bible is infallible, but without an infallible interpreter, interpreter it's like that's why you have 30,000 plus denominations of Christianity in the United States. Because, you know, someone picks it up and says, oh, here's what I think. Someone else picks it up, no, 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 here's what I think. That's one of the reasons why G.K. Chesterton, back in the day, he had said why he was Catholic. They said, he said, because I don't need a church who can tell me when I'm right. I need a church that will tell me where I'm wrong. So if you ask, you know, what's the big difference between the Catholic Church and all other non-Catholic Christian denominations? I'd say when it comes down to it, I think what it comes down to is right there, authority. From all of us here at Ascension Presents, my name is Father Mike. God bless.